Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis and New York show. My name is Arik and uh, we were repping it for, you know, the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all over the world. So welcome and enjoy. Okay. Hey everyone, welcome to the Money Podcast. So today's a special episode. We're going to be talking about religion. It's a really taboo topic. Um, and I think that the Boney team is representative of how a well-functioning society should be. We're all from different backgrounds and religions, um, and we also all fall on different points of the spectrum when it comes to religion, and we all still get along. I think that it's, uh, you know, I think it's cool to, and we all are respectful of each other's opinions, so I think that's really cool. I think there's things about religions that, that I think it's beautiful, and there's things that uh, I think, you know, some religions need work, but I'd love to have a conversation about this with the rest of the team, so I'll just put it out there. What does being religious mean to you, and where do you fall in that spectrum, and what religion are you? I'll, I'll throw it out there, whoever wants to start. I, I don't mind starting. Um, so... What religion means to me, I feel like that's, that's a, a big question. Uh, but I will say I identify as Muslim. If I was to try and summarize what it means to me, I think it's your personal relationship with a God, um, some sort of spiritual belief, which, which is, is personal between you and him. Hi, so I identify as a Hindu. Um, I feel like religion is more spiritual based for me. It's like the philosophy that I follow. And I guess I, I do celebrate the holidays and all, but I feel I'm more connected to the philosophy of Hinduism. And that's, and that's fun. I think you guys have the best holidays. So much fun. So colorful and the food. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. And that does, that's, how much of that do you think is culture versus religion? I mean, I guess a lot of it. I I know the history behind the festivals and all, but I feel like culture has a lot to do with it because every culture, like Bengali celebrate it one way, Indian celebrate it another way. So, yeah. Cool. Um... Anybody else want to chime in? Yeah, I guess for me personally, I don't really think about religion a lot. And I identify as an atheist. And I think this is my first time actually seeing it out loud publicly. I only share my religious views with like my close friends and family. Um, and since I don't really identify with religion or believe in a higher power, it's not really a topic that um, comes up a lot for me or a topic that I engage a lot in. But yeah, I like to identify myself actually as a closet atheist because I don't plan on ever coming out to my parents um, because they're very religious and I grew up as a Muslim. Um, and I just think it would be like the biggest disappointment for my family and I'm afraid of like being disowned for like saying that I'm atheist and I think this that's something that's very personal and I view religion as something that's a journey between you and whatever you believe in, right? So it's not necessarily something very think is important to share with my parents. Was there a, a specific incident or a series of incidents that kind of uh, made you, um, I don't want to say leave the religion, because I don't know if you're ever really religious, but that made you identify as an atheist? Yeah, I actually was, I guess, quote unquote, religious when I was in like middle school. Um, even throughout high, high school, I like practiced as in I prayed and fasted. But 
I guess after I went to college, I gained more independence and had like more say in like what I wanted to do and what I wanted to believe in. And then just taking classes um, and talking with professors, gaining like a perspective outside of my culture and home really helped like shape like what I truly believe in. And for me, that came to be that I actually don't believe in God because I've never really like felt a spiritual connection. And and you said most of your family is religious too. Um, yeah, that would be a very that would be a tough conversation to have with, with our parents. I uh, I, I find that um, my parents became more religious. My dad, especially when they were older, uh, when he was older. So I find that. And I has anyone other else experienced that where their they, their parents have found religion uh, much older, but then you know they they expect you to find it while you know while you're really young. I haven't seen that kind of transition in uh, family, per se, extended or immediate, but I have noticed it in some friends and peers. Um, I've noticed, like, uh, some friends of mine in college who are much more, like, non-faith-attached became a lot more, like, attuned to specifically the faith of Islam, but like even some friends who practice Hinduism, basically more of the like South Asian faith than Christianity, much more like into it. I'm not sure what the transition point was, like what was the cause in them turning into more devout and more like that a stronger desire of learning the background, the history and all that. But that is something that I have noticed. And I also noticed that Again, I can only speak on Islam because that's what I'm most familiar with. I was raised Muslim. I identify more like values-driven Muslim or like I heard shopping cart Muslim picking and choosing. Yeah, I like that term. Yeah, I I, I identify more with values-driven than shopping cart because like even with picking and choosing, I pick and choose within that. Since like I I choose not to fast, but I choose to celebrate Eid in the sense that like make food and give them to neighbors and friends, but I don't like buying new clothes on Eid or, um, you know, wearing anything too flashy or more of the cultural aspects that have been ingrained when I was younger. But uh, my friends who I've seen who have become more devout, again, specifically through Islam, I've noticed that they did their own research and their own paths and studies into the history and and the folklore and stories um, in the religion. And that's part of what drove them back into the religion. So it makes me think that because of the cultural intersection between us being you know, Bengali, Indian, like all types of Desi and, you know, whatever South Asian faith, there's, there's so much intersection to the point that some people, a lot of our generation and households in general conflate the two to the point that it may drive people away from religion. At least for me, I know that's what happened. Like I didn't like the the heavy restrictions placed on um, women in particular and um, the concept of like, this is what a daughter should do as said in the Quran supposedly. But oh, another point, I'm derailing a little. One thing that frustrated me so much as a child was having to learn Arabic, but just how to pronounce things. I still cannot translate the Quran or any, any word in Arabic. Yeah. Um, 
And I never understood that. Why are, how do my parents know what's in the Quran when they themselves cannot translate it, but are quoting it um, and expect me to do the same. And they're always like, oh, look in the Quran, it's in there. But I'm like, how? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those are all fascinating points. I mean, one thing that you brought up, I think is really interesting is, you know, some of your friends that have looked themselves and found it. And that means so much more, right? If you're, if you found religion on your own versus like your parents told you, you have to do this. I mean, it just means so much more if you went out and found it yourself. Like you're not just doing it to please your parents. Um, so we have some other people that joined. So the, um, any, anyone from uh, other religions other than Islam? that want to talk about? So you can talk about what your religion you're on and where you identify yourself on the spectrum of that religion. Hey, Jan made a really good point regarding like the cultural aspect of religion. And my, my mom's a Catholic and my dad's a Muslim. But even in a country like Bangladesh, where it's a majority of Muslims, it's really ingrained into the cultural aspects. Like everyone celebrates Eid. Even you'll see Christians and Hindus saying "Assalamu alaikum" as a greeting. It's not. It's it's not even um, a religious thing over there. It's more of a cultural thing, and I think people get the cultural and religious part intertwined. So from a, like a young age, people who come from backgrounds of Islamic, then they're kind of kind of forced into yeah. taking on that religion, and it's not an option for you to learn. Then at, at the point, it's more of like a continuing of culture. At that point, like a tradition. And um, people then don't learn to question their beliefs and they kind of go along with it. And it's intertwined with identity. But it should be more of a spiritual a journey. And that's why I think a lot of people get more religious later on in their life because it's a, it's a journey. You know, you're not going to get it at such a young age. Yeah, you, you, um, have, you go, go through experiences. You know, a couple of you brought up an important point is, is the is the questioning and i think sometimes uh, really religious people shut down questions and i find that really frustrating because i think actually sometimes um sometimes somebody that's really around knowledgeable can t- can give you a really good answer and it makes sense like and i'll just give you an example um so you know you talked about the prayer uh, and then reciting you know phrases in arabic and i don't know anything about i don't know arabic either i don't know what they mean but you know recently a friend of mine worked for a company uh, that specializes in meditation, but a specific type of meditation is called transcendental meditation. It's called TM. It's the biggest, you know, it's, it's a really popular form of meditation that a lot of, and this is not the reason I, it's cool, but it's a lot of uh, celebrities like Jerry Seinfeld, Howard Stern, they swear by um, it's a specific type of meditation. And obviously we all know the benefits of meditation. There's a lot of physical and health benefits of meditation. But what separates this specific type of meditation is that you meditate, but you also have um, mantras. So you meditate, but you, you repeat these mantras. And if you think about it, that's basically what you know namaz is, right? That's basically what prayer is. So in terms of um, benefits, like physical, actual benefits, so there's physical benefits of, of, of namaz and like, and you know that's the way I say. And I remember, like you know, I had a, I was going through a tough time a few years ago with something, and then, and I prayed, and I don't pray anymore really. But I mean, that, during that time, I prayed, and I actually remember feeling better. I mean, I feel, I, and I think that, and I think it has to do with that. Like, it's it's a form of meditation. Like that's the way I see it. Like I don't know what the hell, I don't know what I'm saying. Like like you said, I memorize the surahs, but I think that it is a form of meditation, and like just like being in with, with yourself and just like being thankful, like that kind of stuff is cool. But, you know, whenever someone says, oh, you should just do it because it says it on the ground, like that kind of stuff frustrates me. But when somebody actually, you know, sits down and explains it, like, you know, this is, you know, it's actually beneficial to you, but also just like, 
you know, being one with yourself and just being thankful, like that kind of stuff in regret and practicing gratitude, all that stuff is beneficial. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But again, you know, it's when my parents or somebody else just says, Oh, you should just do it because I said it, or you should just do it because, you know, it's, um, you know, in the Quran, like that kind of stuff, I think frustrates us a lot of people. And that's why I think a lot of people move away from the religion because, you know, we're told that. What, what, anybody have any thoughts on that? I do feel like, as I've been brought up, it's the same thing. It's like we believe in this, but there's no explanation behind it. It's just we are Muslim and this is what we do. And once you get an explanation and understand, yeah. it really helps make up your own mind. And I, I had to do that on my own as I got older and started reading around the topic. I think one thing that frustrates me is as a person seeking knowledge, I don't always feel the people that are knowledgeable are approachable and i've heard people outside of the religion say the same thing that it seems very much of a closed community um and you need to be almost a member to to approach like the men can go to the mosque if they seek advice and just walk in but the women it's not as easy for the women um maybe it is and i just don't know it but there are times where I thought, well, I'd, I'd love to go in and ask a question, but because I don't have a hijab on, I'm not welcome to do that. And that kind yeah. of frustrates me. That's a good point. Also, there's an aspect of tribalism and being part of your own religious community. And people who are not educated and they approach religion, they kind of think like that. But the core values of all religions are really the same. The core yeah. values, the moral beliefs, Across all religions, it's all there, it's the same. But people want to separate themselves from other religions. And even in Islam, you said you can't go to the masjid to ask questions. People like to separate themselves within and create a community of their own. And it's just human nature as well. One thing, a church, for example, where when I was in New York and I was working in Midtown, there was a church right across from our building. And if I did want just a bit of peace or just just some time to reflect away from people. I went to the church and I sat yeah. there and I just didn't, I just don't feel I can do that in the masjid, which is unfortunate. And I don't know why that I just don't understand. Yeah. I do the same thing. I always find peace. I, I love going to churches. You feel a certain, certain level of peace when you're in a church. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Masjids need to do a better job of, of making people feel more and more welcome. I find that, frustrating also i'm curious for so we talked about how some uh, muslims religious muslims are are not open-minded when it comes to questions i'm curious for the f people that are not muslim for hindu and christian do you find that the that the case with you know i guess scholars and knowledgeable people in, in, the, in those religions yeah from my mom's side of the family perhaps they're not like very educated but there is a sense of tribalism in their religions as well like Sometimes they might not be able to like face Muslim people or they'll look down upon them at least. That, but that's from a more conservative and uh, extreme space. But it's there. Yeah, that's, that's why religion shouldn't be like enforced upon children at such a young age. You should go and get an education. And then once you learn to question the beliefs that you once had, then you can go on to practicing those beliefs. So, Suzanne, you were never forced to choose? No. I wasn't forced to choose, but I did participate in uh, religious events from both religions. I went to the church every now and then for prayers. They have like memorials for saints and mothers, Mother Teresa. 
I went to a prayer for that. And it's all like in Bangla. Uh, they do the songs. And, and I went to masjids quite a few times too. They have religious events and also cultural events at the masjid too. So from both religions, it's, it's intertwined with the culture there. So if you want, is, I know we've spoken about this on Slack. Is there, was there, is there specific uh, instances that uh, either turned you away from or towards your religion? And just say what your religion is and where you are on the spectrum. So technically, I, I identify myself as agnostic theist or like agnostic Muslim, even though it sounds like an oxymoron, but like apparently it's a, it's a thing. Basically, like I believe in God, I believe in, I believe in Allah, and I believe in like uh, the main aspects of Islam, but it's more like me questioning like some aspects and like me not connecting with certain like certain stuff um like especially like praying i know for some people like would perceive it as like shopping cart muslim but like for me it's like goes beyond that like i don't even connect with praying or like like i'll probably just fast for the sake of like my family but it's more like, like I believe in a higher power, but I don't connect with like certain religious aspects. Don't, and I'll like question some things like, oh, this could be explained by science. Like, like the earth is not 4,000 whatever years old. It's like millions. So like, that's how I identify myself. So like before I used to be like, it wasn't conservative more say like it was because like I was influenced my, by my family and like peers especially like when I was younger like in college like undergrad I used to hang with like some of the MSA kids and not like I loved some of them but like not gonna lie behind closed doors they are pretty judgmental and yeah. It's, but yeah, especially like if they hear like, oh my God, you have a boyfriend or oh my God, you don't wear a hijab. And like, I feel like if you're a part of MSA and like people tend to forget like arrogance is, I always tell people like arrogance is like one of the first sins. It's like what brought Shoytan down from the role, from, from the like the role of like, like the angels to help. So like. The holier-than-thou attitude is what brought Iblis down, so, like, that's what I always tell people, so, like, you can be like, yeah, I'm better than other people, but, like, in the end, that's also a sin, too. So, I feel like the whole, like, the holier-than-thou attitude also helps straight me away from religion, even though people are not supposed to, like, People shouldn't be the reason to like stray you away from the religion. Like people always say, like, oh no, you shouldn't look at Muslims. You should look at Islam itself. But it does play a role when you're constantly surrounded by it. Like not only your peers, but your family as well. And then you're just like, it takes also like a mental toll on you. So I feel yeah. like that also played a role into where I am now. Like people competing for like uh, religious points and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who finished the most rice off their plate. <laughs> yeah. And then like, who prays the most? Like, oh, like, well, people always do the whole, like, during Ramadan, it's like, oh, I always do 20 rakats. Like, I don't do eight. 
Mm. Yeah. That is that, um, so I'm in an interfaith marriage, but my parents don't know that. The interfaith part, they know about the marriage. Um, <laughs> Wait, what do they think? So my current husband, he's Native Hawaiian. He identifies as Hawaiian spiritualist, but honestly, his religious faith trajectory, like he's been Mormon at one point, he was raised Christian at one point, like there's a lot there. Um, so we actually, he did the Islamic conversion yeah. for the sake of pleasing yeah. my parents. So he's Muslim, like legally, officially, but you know, he doesn't know how to read Arabic. Yeah. Um, yeah. or whatever else you need to do in order to be considered Muslim. So for this past Ramadan, it was his first Ramadan post like conversion. Well, actually it was his second, but everyone treated it like his first. I don't know why, but he did all 30 fasts. I did not. Wow. I watched and I made the food. Um, <laughs> wow. I made the iftar, but it was such a big deal. Like um, my brother-in-law was like, oh, wow, I didn't even do that. And like a whole bunch of other extended family was like oh wow like somebody made it better make him like like the meal of all meals for Eid and and people just saw it as so like such a profound thing which I found so interesting because if all these people told me I need to marry a Muslim or like this person needs to convert in order for our marriage to be valid and us to be seen as worthy in our community or whatever the case why don't they fast you know why is there so much more why, where's the pressure? Why is it being like diverted and elsewhere? I think it's so interesting that people in our community are shopping cart Muslims, but don't want to admit that. And yeah. they're very selective on like what they pick and choose. They are shopping cart Muslims. They pick and choose what they want to follow, but that has to be the same across everyone. Like if someone else's cart isn't the same as theirs, they are deemed unworthy, they are sinful, they are bad, they are not a good Muslim, they are going to hell, all the things. Um, and and I really wanna know, like, why is that? Why yeah. is it someone else can pick and choose, but no one else can? Yeah, yeah you know, one thing that I think definitely exists, and I'm curious if it exists in the other uh, religions, is that, uh, or the folks that practice other religions, is that, you know, there's, in, in, the, in our community, there's definitely like these checklists that, People feel like if they if they check off those checklists of like high items, or I fast, I fast, I pray, you know, I dress a certain way, then I'm a great Muslim. And I don't think it's it's that simple. I think like there's this concept of iman in, in in Islam, iman, which basically means like you're a good person. I think that I think I think that should mean more than any of the check off the list items like I pray, I fast. Because a lot of times, I mean, come on, people people fast and they pray, but immediately after that, they're sitting around talking trash about people, and that's not allowed. Like, you know, back backbiting is haram, just like eating pork is haram. So, like, I don't know if, you know, just eating, um, you know, fasting and praying is, is enough. I think it should be more about, and that's, that was one of the questions that I wrote down, is, like, spirituality, the person having good in mind, like, should trump anything else, like, um, you know, any of the other check-off uh, list items. So we've had, we're having some conversation about whether men can marry, um, people uh, of the book, I guess, and, and women can't. I've heard that too, that's really interesting. I've heard that men can marry people of the book, which means like Jews and, and Christians, but they can't marry Hindus, which I, actually, I want to I touch on that a little bit because I feel like one religion that Muslim community definitely discriminates against the most are Hindus. Um, 
And I think that's really unfortunate. Like I've, I've heard like comments about Hindus that I, I wouldn't hear about like Christians and Jews. And I, I find that really frustrating. And I'm curious about, you know, anybody uh, that's on the team that wants to you know, see if, if they received any sort of you know, discriminatory comments from, Muslim, from the Muslim community. Not that's on a personal basis that I've seen, but um, I, I know it happens vice versa as well. If you look in other countries, like in India, there's a very anti-Muslim yeah. sentiment yeah. there. In yeah. China too, they oh, have yeah. the concentration camps. Yes, I think, I think the main difference between people of the book and then obviously Hinduism and other religions is the fact that people of the book believe in one God and Hinduism have, have different gods, which is there for various reasons. And that's the, the number one reason why. However, again, it comes to back to that being judgmental and passing comments to others that you should never do that as part of your religion so whoever believes in whatever they believe in you need to respect that you know one other thing i think another person talked about is science um and uh, specifically about you know having some of these things explained by science and you know it goes back to what i was saying earlier and is that when i've found people that are knowledgeable and can explain rules in Islam in, a, in like a really practical way, like that draws me in more than someone saying, oh, read this in the Quran. Like, for example, we talked someone, you know, talked about fasting. I mean, have you noticed like every single celebrity, what they're doing now is intermittent, intermittent fasting. fasting yeah. I mean, that's exactly what we've been doing for hundreds of thousands of years. So the benefits of fasting are like, are not questionable. Like there's, there's, there's so many benefits of fasting. Like doctors have been, have doctors prescribed fasting for like really terminal illnesses. So that's like a benefit and we've been doing it for thousands of years but you know growing up i mean i was just told oh you need to fast because it's in the quran like you know like but there's like actual benefits of these things and like i mentioned earlier there's actual physical practical benefits of fast of praying too like because it's meditation like i feel like if someone explained it to me that way like oh this is you know these are things in the book in the quran that like you know are prescribed and you know because there's actually like actual benefits to it like that kind of stuff would draw people in more like what are, what are people's thoughts on that definitely and I, I think um like you were saying when you can go and approach people who are knowledgeable to explain these things to you it's, it's great because you get an idea of why things are why why things are a certain way my i, I i'm going back to the same point where it annoys me as a woman that i can't just walk up to a scholar and ask him a question and and i've had this love hate relationship not hate but questioning times where yes i believe it and let's read into it and then other times but where i think well it's it's not it should be straightforward and it and it it isn't um so i've come to my own form of being a muslim but again it goes back to the you know someone else might say that you're a shopping cart muslim or or whatever but I think where I've come to be now at this age is that it's my personal relationship with God. And if I think I'm being a good person and, and doing the things I need to do, um, then no one else has a say in, say in that or an opinion in that. Um, but I, I wish it was open to, to finding answers much easier. And the only reason why I can look for these answers now is because you have the internet and you have, videos that you can look up yourself but if we didn't have that and i had to go into the mosque for example i mean i don't know how friendly or unfriendly it would be um it, it, on that note has anyone 
found answers about religion um, from a source, you know, that you were that was unexpected. Like, were, were you able to find answers for any questions? Um, you know, whether it be a family or a source online. I read this quote when I was in college that really resonated with me, um, and I can read it out loud. Um, it says, live a good life. If there are gods and they're just, then they will not care how devout you have been, but will welcome you based on the virtues you have lived by. If there are gods but unjust, then you should not want to worship them. And if there are no gods, then you will be gone, but will have lived a noble life that will live on in the memories of your loved ones. So I really agree with that because personally for me, like not having religion makes me feel more free and also focus on like what my true beliefs and values are. And I can still live life with the morals and values that will like benefit my community. So I don't, I think a lot of people think that you can't have morals without religion, but I completely disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that quote too. I've, I've heard that. And I, what you just said at the end, I think is so true. I think a lot of people feel like it's not, you can't have morals without religion. And I don't think that's true. I think, I think I know some of the most, supportive and kind people I know are, you know, atheists and agnostic. And like, I, so I don't think that's true at all. Um, another thing also about Islam, you usually have another teacher alongside you to help you interpret the Quran. There's a, a school for learn, like you read the Quran, but in Arabic, you're learning Arabic. But like Jen said, you're not going to learn what Arabic means. You're just learning the words off the page and then someone else does the interpretation for you. And I think that's a big problem where a lot of kids lose understanding of what they're learning and end up losing their belief or that attachment they have to religion. And that's a big part. The interpretation should be of, it should be your own interpretation. Uh, if someone else is doing the interpretation for you, then you're going to lose that, the religious meaning that you'd like to get out of it. Yeah. Same thing as like reading a book, you're creating your own narrative, what you want to make out of it. You know, on the note of books, you know, when there's a, an idea in a book, you know, as we as we move forward in time, there's new ideas that are captured in a book. And one of the beautiful things about Islam is that it's this, you know, idea, a set of ideas that have lasted for such a long time and it hasn't changed because it's memorized. But then I also sometimes feel like it's um, problematic because it's not updated for the times. Um, so that frustrates me too. And I and I want and again after I, I I'm curious about what the other religions are, uh, but I I think Christianity definitely has been updated. There's you know, multiple versions. But I think, for example, like recently right now is Qurbani, right? So sacrifice season. And, you know, that even that word to me, like I feel I cringe at because I, I, for me, um, you know, I'm, and I do Qurbani again, just like some of you said, just because whatever it's, you know, it's expected of me. But you know, if I really sit back and think about Qurbani, like, you know, during Prophet's time, you know, you know, it really was a sacrifice because that animal that they're sacrificing was their livelihood. Like it was basically um, their livelihood. Like they, their lives, their lives revolved around you know this animal. So if they sacrificed an animal, it was actually a, a huge thing. It was a, it was an actual sacrifice. You know, whereas me, like if I'm sacrificing an animal and doing Qurbani today, I mean that's not really a sacrifice for me. Like a bigger sacrifice for me would be giving up my iPhone. Like that would be a sacrifice. Like I would actually feel like giving, you know, and I, I like the element of, you know, again, give, doing Gurbani and giving that to the, giving them, you know, the meat for the poor. That's great. But the actual idea of it being a sacrifice, like that's not a sacrifice for me. In um, Judaism, they um, give up their phones on the weekends, really? I believe, right? Yeah. I'm not doing it. Sorry. 
I need to make sure I need to check on Bonnie ID. <laughs> but like, but but anybody having thoughts on that? Like the, the word sacrifice to me, I think it's it, and that brings me to my other point is is again be, there being an update because again it's that's not really truly a sacrifice. And uh, I, Irfan Khan, who passed away, Indian actor who passed away, he actually brought this up and then he got like trolled for it um, before he passed away because. People were like, no, it has to, you have to slaughter an animal. And I'm like, no, it's, just, it's, it's crazy to me. I don't know about this, but I believe it's the same with the hijab. It's like the hijab just means a covering, a, a veil in Arabic. I don't know if they said it in the Quran but, uh, or Hadith. It's basically like, it could be a, a symbol of modesty in terms of behavior, or it could be like an actual physical covering. So I don't know if it's interpretive or if they like, clearly stated that. Same thing with Karbani. I don't know if it's like clearly stated. Like, mm. Yeah, that it, it's not, so you're saying it's not clearly stated that it has to be an animal? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. But yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I know for a lot of people, the hijab is like an interpretive thing. Like some people just take it as modesty and some people take it as like a physical veil. And the veil, uh, the hijab and niqab and all that has become a, yeah. a more cultural tradition because it's, it's been passed on for generations. That's how they interpreted it back then. No, they're interesting points and what you've raised about the word sacrifice. I honestly have never really thought that much about it. Again, it's like an automatic action. You know, yeah. beginning, you do Gurbani and you just, you just do it. I just so, do it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting point. Yeah, and those things like that. And there's people that I've been able to talk to about that and they're not offended. And, and those are the people I go back to. Um, it's definitely a financial sacrifice. The cost of a cow is expensive these days. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's getting more expensive. And the same thing about, like, you know, the same thing about um, interest, right? Um, in interest is haram. And, and a lot of people, a lot of religious people don't buy houses because they're against uh, taking out loans. And even that conversation I've had with some people, and they made some really good points about interest. And actually, the subprime prices, and I'm getting into, like, financial you know, stuff, but the subprime prices is actually a great example um, so in 2008, like banks were really taking advantage of interest. Um, that was a great example of why interest should like should be either riharam or, or con con contained. Um, but interest, in a lot of ways, and I'm not going to get into finance, but interest in a lot of ways actually makes things fair if it's not taken advantage of. And I've had this conversation with some people, and, and some people get really offended. Oh, my interest is wrong. But then you know, but I'm able to. Some, there's some people that I've found that I'm able to have that conversation and explain finance to them, and then. You know, and we come to a reasonable understanding that okay, interest is, is if it's taken advantage of, is haram, but it's also actually makes things fair because if somebody's giving you money, they need to get something out of it, um, and they need they, there's a risk of them lending you money, so they need to charge you more for it. So it's like it makes sense, but again, sometimes when you talk to somebody about that's really religious about interest, they get offended. Yeah, I mean, definitely, if you're looking to buy a house or get a loan for example i know with some some of my friends they have they had this conflict between husband and wife because the husband was like we cannot get a mortgage she's like well i need a house so um you know what do you do um yeah and they had to um eventually they did get a mortgage but the family insisted on paying it off as fast as possible so everybody chipped in so they can pay the minimum amount of interest because it they're just so against paying interest because it's haram anybody else hear about any of these topics uh Kurbani and interest and you know have any thoughts on them i'm not sure about other religions but i know and um 
Christianity? Did they have the was the Ash Wednesday? And they they fast as well, just like in Islam. Mm. Um, they have their own form of sacrifice. I think a lot of other villages do too. So. But yeah, I don't I know about think- the Korbani. Like I think uh, Korbani is an Islam only thing where they sacrifice an animal. I'm not too sure though. Yeah, I think some of the stuff that I've seen Catholics do with sacrifice, I, I feel like that's actually more of a sacrifice. Some people like give up, I don't know, if they're really into chocolate, they give up chocolate for two months or something like that. Like that kind of stuff actually makes, that's actually more of a sacrifice. Then again, me like, and again, I like the element of buying meat for, you know, poor people, but um, but I, I don't find it to be a significant sacrifice for myself. Maybe in like com- uh, lower income communities, where like in Bangladesh, when I go to when I go to my dad's village, they yeah. give meat to all the poor people who yeah. are more needy. That's where some yeah more of a yeah, and, and I love that aspect of it, and I love that aspect of Islam too. Like we have to give two and a half percent of our you know our income, like that kind of stuff is great. And I think you know I love that. I think religion is best when um, it's used as a guideline rather than a, a strict thing to follow rule by rule. It's like yeah. people are bound to make mistakes, but down the line, you're just going to fix it. Like um, it's a guideline. It's not here to punish. You're not going to be punished for every mistake you make. A friend of mine once, because um, I'm not, I'm very good with all my namazes. And, and one time I was like, oh, it's, it's, sometimes it's just too long, the night one. And I can't, you know, and he's like, what are you talking about? If you do the the uh, minimum it's not long at all it should it shouldn't take you more than 10 minutes and I was like no even with the minimum it's it takes at least half an hour it's like I don't know what you've been taught but you you don't need to do all that so I just think if if you follow the five pillars of Islam and keep it basic to the five pillars of exa- Islam and not all the yeah. nitty oh I can't pray today because I've got nail polish on my hands um, exactly then you will get more out of the religion as opposed to trying to follow all the small, small steps that you're supposed to do. Absolutely. I, I, I love that you said that because I think that a lot of times people create all these little nitty gritty rules and that actually, um, uh, you know, like, like someone else was talking about, I think that turns people away from the religion. It's all these like nitty gritty, like made up rules that like, even like with Grabani, like I don't even want to get into it, but, but it's like, now it's, there's a question about, the timing of it, um, where, um, where I can't, where we can't do Qurbani in a country like, let's say Yemen, because they actually celebrate Eid a day before us. So technically, you're supposed to like, like somebody told me this the other day, and I was just like, what, what? Now, like, now I have to like look up what time zone they're in, like, because I always I try to give Qurbani to like, you know, I give it to Bangladesh, but now I've been last few years I've been giving it to like Middle East countries because there's so much, you know going on there but now supposedly we can't do that because but i'm like that's where the need is like i mean bangladesh has a need too but that's where the need is now i can't yeah. do that because they're, they're in a time zone that they celebrate before us i'm like no now you're just getting into some like ridiculous like man-made made-up rules like that i can't i can't do it. and like you said about the nail polish stuff like i hear stuff like that you can't cut your nails during this time because i'm like what are you talking about i'm cutting my nails <laughs> like i feel like it's man-made. Like I feel like a lot of a lot of these rules that turns people away from religion is, is man-made. I agree. I also wanted to touch on uh, what you were saying about um, interest. I didn't know that. That's good to know. But I think um, I heard at some point that uh, not in here, but in life, that 
in Islam, you're supposed to be like relatively frugal in spending, um, which I find so interesting, specifically with Daisy culture, because our weddings are so like. Crazy. But that's cultural, right? That is cultural. Not, not Islamic at all, that is culture. Exactly. Yeah. But it's another example of that shopping cart mentality yeah. where, like, even though Islam, like, that's, that's, I'm sure that's written in the Quran somewhere, like, being relatively Modesty. Yeah. Modesty, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So then, why do we go all out for things like weddings? And I, I bring that specifically up because um, I didn't want a wedding. I just wanted the niqab to get it over with. Um, I needed the reality, you know, I want the benefits like health, care, tax, all that good stuff. Um, I didn't care about anything else. But my parents did because they going with the like mentality, um, like we came to America, they need to see we made it um, by like how lavish we are and what we wear and what we show, even though that's so like against Islam, like and, so and the concept of modesty and everything. Yeah. So I think this is an interesting conversation. I'm, 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 I'm happy that everybody was able to be frank and. Uh, you know, talk about things that bother them. And again, I think that it's really important that I, 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 we're not like shitting on religion. I think there's so many beautiful parts of each of our religions. And I'm glad that we also borrow from each of our religions. And I just think that it's, it's good to talk about this because I think that, you know, and I think what I said on the top of the podcast, it's the bony team is representative of how a well-functioning society should work where everybody has their own beliefs and we respect each other's beliefs. And it's also okay to be on different points of the spectrum of religion. Like, there's nothing wrong with, you know, you, you praying whatever you want to, whenever you feel like, or, you know, fasting whenever you feel like, but it's it's all fine as long as you're just like, you know, you're happy with yourself and people around you are happy with your, yourself. Like, I think that's like the biggest thing. Like all this other stuff, all these rules that you have to follow, like, I don't, I just don't think that's as important as, as like points of some people in society want, want us to believe. And I'm glad we talked about that. I think it's important. I would love to have, ta- have another, more, more conversations about this. You know, even with more people on the team, I think I think they're beneficial. Can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live From the slang we spit to the gangs we with It doesn't matter, we the essence of the Bangladesh I say, hey, come on Can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live from the